and we were analyzing the um, the verse from both the simple explanation of Rashi and deeper Hasidic explanation of the Altarev. And so Rashi says that because this verse says, when you, verses. when you go out to war against your enemies, yeah. God will deliver the enemies in your hand and you will um, take a captive. Okay. So Rashi says, if the verse was referring to a war against uh, the nations that occupied Israel, uh, then the Torah wouldn't have said take captives because the Torah says that you're, you're supposed to annihilate all the inhabitants of Israel at the time. So it's clearly talking about a different kind of war, a war which is called Muhammad or Shus, a war that's voluntary, a war that you don't have to fight, a war that you choose to fight. That's what Rashi says. The al however, explains that this war is referring to a war that is very much an obligation. This verse is referring to the war of the godly soul and the animal soul, where the godly soul is meant to transform the animal soul and to uh, cool off the animal soul's attraction to things that it shouldn't be attracted to, things of this world, physical pleasures, and instead to cause the animal soul also to, to uh, love Hashem, to use its towards good, holy, and uh, holy things like love of Torah, love of Hashem, and love of Jewish people. So our question was, why does the, um, how do, all, all the translations of every verse are connected to each other? So how come uh, on the surface, which is um, voluntary, but the meaning of this verse is a war which is very much an obligation, not just any obligation. Every other you're you're commanded to use some of your purpose but in davening when you daven to Hashem the service of davening is the service of the heart you're meant to transform the whole you of who you are and we learned yesterday how Hashem specifically gives every person a certain amount of time in this world commensurate to how much of the animal soul they're able to transform how much they need to transform in other words, each davening is meant to make an impression on the animal soul. Every day the Yitzhahara tries to give us a strange fire towards things we shouldn't be attracted to. And the davening each day is meant to to uh, transform some of the animal soul to, to, to um, commensurate to how, mon- how much of the animal soul you need to elevate. That's how long you need to be married to the animal soul. That's how long a person needs to live yeah, in this world. endless energy too. Every day, the Gemara, yesterday, the Yitzhahara, call you in not just it has a, 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 a uh, energy that keeps on going, it's not just the energizer bunny, but it's there's an additional force every day of the Yitzhahara. So I mentioned you mentioned that the, there is a um, uh, gentleman who was here, Rabbi Smith, who was here a few years ago. He said that he was in the audience of the Rebbe, and he said, Rebbe said to him, You don't have to be affected by the Yitzhahara. Why? Because every day you learn. A new, and you daven a new, and you receive new energy. So automatically, if it's a harder, you don't have to be affected. Wow. So, so that's, that's cool. So that's the uh, um, reason why it's so uh, 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 critical to, to engage in this war, and that's what we were wondering: why um, is this referred to in in the simple explanation of the Torah as just a voluntary war? There must be some, some connection between the two explanations. We did ex- establish some connection between these two explanations. We said that. The Hasidic meaning of going to war against enemies. Doesn't Al-Karebbe say not to do that? 
when you come to the guests, you say, oh, stay away from him because you're going to get dirty. That's, you're from the chapter 28 in Tanya. Chapter 28 in Tanya, the altar says that when you have a thought in the middle of your prayers that you shouldn't be having. Oh, I see. Okay. So the altar says, if you were a super tzaddik, you would be wondering, why is this thought happening to me? It must be, I'm supposed to, I have this attraction. Attraction is love. Mm. I need, I need, and this must be coming from some migrant soul that's gone inside me. And I need to transform that negative thought to holiness, to be attraction to more holiness. So the altar says, if you're connected to below, how can you, how can you lift that, that up, up to heaven? Just because you've got a negative thought, doesn't mean you're able to do any any uh, Hasidic acrobatics and to transform it. Oh, what's machtiv? Doesn't mean you're able to transform it. The but says, in the contrary, if you have a thought in davening, it comes to your head, you should push it away completely. Okay, However, it talks about mamish to go out to the mechama. Th- that's referring to a, a thought that comes in your mind. A thought comes in your mind. So the says, don't engage with it. If you fight with a dirty person, you got thirty-two. Right. <clears throat> don't, but here, the author is not talking about a thought that enters your mind. He was talking about. Uh, changing the whole persona of the animal soul, and, and not only is this something we should engage in, but that's that's that, that's really in sync with how long you have to be in this world is is connected to how, how much the animal soul are you able to you need to transform, um, and how do you, oh so and this is connected to the the translation we learned yesterday of the words alivech literally alivech means above your enemy, so we learned yesterday that num- that, that 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 meaning has two connotations on the spiritual plane and the physical plane. On the spiritual plane, on your enemies means, think about the divine source of your enemy. Your animal soul is not all bad guy uh, where it comes from. It comes from the God's chariot. It's a holy angel of God in its divine source. And therefore, you, you, you don't need to really um, do something new to the animal soul when you're trying to uh, advertise how good Hashem is and how Hashem is life. When you, talk, when you, give, when you try to convey this to the animal part of yourself, it's not really something foreign because the animal soul comes from God's chariot. That's the meaning of above your enemies. Go to the source of your enemies. And this, another meaning is <clears throat> don't think that you and your enemy are, um, are on the same playing field and you're, and you're, and you're dealing with a situation where, where you're, um, you're likely to be defeated. Rather, go above your enemy. Realize you are completely above your enemy. Realize that how, how much you have going for you. you. You're going with Hashem and you're going to, you're going to vanquish your enemy. That's what this means, thank you, mm-hmm. on the spiritual uh, arena, in the spiritual realm. Also in the physical realm, there's a, there's a similar parallel explanation. You go out to war, the Rebbe says, you're going out to war to, against many, many soldiers, many, many ch- uh, horses and chariots. So the Torah says, go out to war, you should look at all the horses and chariots as if they're one horse. Why are they all one horse? Because compared to, for, from go to back to the Alivecha, go back above your enemy, go back to the source of your enemy. Your enemy is created by Hashem himself. For Hashem, is this, a, is, this a, is this a formidable opponent? For Hashem, is this something that he has to contend with? It's nothing. All of the thousands of soldiers, like one little soldier. So Alivecha means go to the divine source of the physical enemy and realize that you, because you're going with the Hashem, you're Alivecha, you're guaranteed success. That's the way a soldier is supposed to approach war. So um, finding a a parallel between the, the spiritual realm and the physical realm, we can. The question is about specifically the words Mechemes uh, Rishus, voluntary war. Why is it called a voluntary war? <clears throat> so the explanation is, in Gimel now, even according to the Alter Rebbe, that the war that we're referring to is a war of davening. We could also connect this with the explanation of Rashi that says that this is referring to a Voluntary thing, not something you have to do. 
Rashi is saying this is something where, where there's a big im, there's a big if. Do you want to do this? Do you not want to do this? It's up to you. So although we're talking about davening, davening is a fundamental thing, a critical component in, a, in service of Hashem. Rabbi Emanuel Shachal he has one of his books. He has, it's hard to imagine, it's hard to imagine a relationship between a, between a, between a creator and a creation without davening. It's, it's critical. So yet, we could still say that ki seit doesn't mean when you go out to war, rather if you go out to war. You don't have to. How so? How can we say about davening if you daven? If you don't, if you don't daven, it sounds like it's optional. The answer is the fact that davening is an obligation. And it's not something which is optional by every single Jew. That's only the beginning of your service of Hashem. After you have already achieved and you've gotten past the first stage of serving Hashem, you've gotten to a higher level, then there are two possible ways of serving Hashem. There is the service of Torah and the service of prayer. And it's not necessary to say that the service of prayer is an absolute obligation for you. It's possible that you can engage instead in the service of Torah. What does that mean? It says in many places in Chassidus that there are two different ways to elevate the Yetzir Hara. There are two different ways to separate the good out of the evil in the evil inclination and to elevate it and to rectify it and to bring it to holiness. One way is in a way of a war. You're fighting with it. And the other is in a peaceful way by transforming it, it itself to holiness. In general, that is the difference between davening and Torah. Davening is the whole time of, of war. You're directly involved in the Yitzhahara, directly trying to convey to the Yitzhahara how wonderful the Abishar is. You're talking to it. You're trying to speak its language in a way that that will convince the animal soul, the Yitzhahara, that the Abishar is good, the Abishar is kind, the Abishar is life. That's one way, which is a war. It's another way which is through Torah, about the Torah itself. The Torah has her, her roads are roads of pleasantness, and all her paths are peaceful. That means that when you try to elevate the animal soul through Torah, it's not in the way of a war. Rather, it's by involvement in Torah, the animal soul is transformed automatically. That means that the service of Hashem in prayer is about elevating the Yitzhahara from below to above. That means you're going down to the level of the Yitzhahara, and you're elevating it from below to above by your godly soul, engaging with the animal soul in the garment of the animal soul, so, there's the one who elevates and the one who gets elevated. Your godly soul is ascending to the realm of the animal soul, and it's thinking about such things in a way that is relevant and meaningful to the animal soul. That's one way of, of, of birr, where your godly soul is ascending to the level of the animal soul. But another way of elevation is, another way to purify the animal soul in the Yitzhahara is through the study of Torah, from above to below. The Torah is called the bread from heaven. The Torah is a spiritual food that descends from above to below. And the elevation of the Yitzhahara through studying Torah is automatic. That by studying Torah, you bring godliness into your soul to be revealed. And through this, automatically Yitzhahara is affected and, 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 and uh, elevated. Without you needing to discuss it with your animal soul, discussing the Yitzhahara, why it should pursue Kedusha, holiness, and Torah misses. You just study Torah, and there's an automatic light in your soul, and that light in your soul affects your animal soul. Light in your, your neshama. So, according to this, it's understood why this, why the service of Hashem in prayer, which is called a war, is called a voluntary war, 
because although it's a fundamental thing in our service of Hashem, because there's another way to serve Hashem in a more peaceful way without a war, and that's through Torah. And that's why the Torah continues in the end of this week's Torah portion. And it says that when there will be a state of absolute tranquility, and Hashem will remove all your enemies, then there won't be a need for war. As the Torah says, and the Davin HaMelech said about the, uh, the, the uh, wars that stopped against him. There was a lot of wars that Davin HaMelech had to contend with. And then King David says, in chapter 55 in the Psalms, God has redeemed my soul in peace from those who war against me. Those who war against me, um, I was redeemed in peace from them. That means there was a redemption, there was a victory in a peaceful way, without a need for war. As it says in the Torah, there will, no, there will not be any swords in your land. And uh, our sages explain, when it's, the Torah promises don't be any swords in your land, doesn't just mean don't be any fighting in your land. There won't be any, any peaceful swords there as well. That means there won't be any need for a war at all. Not just, um, don't be in need for any, any tools of war even. And then the service of Hashem is without absolute tranquility. And this is achieved through study of Torah. So, let's just finish this, this paragraph. And further, another thing that we see about serving Hashem in, the, in this kind of model where there's no war, there's no, no wrestling with your opponent, that even when you are in a state where there's a need for war, that means you're in the first stages of serving Hashem, and you do need to engage in war, that there, there is a need to fight, you need to talk to the language of your animal soul. However, through the studying of Torah, which Torah is a service of Hashem, which is associated, which is absolute tranquility. So your davening becomes in a whole different level. That means even your davening is empowered and to a whole different, in a whole different way through the fact you're studying Torah. Because you're studying Torah, that gives a whole, that transforms the experience of your davening. That means that just like the advantage of Torah study after davening, is a lot higher than the advantage and the virtue of studying Torah before davening. You're supposed to study Torah after davening. That's a many times time to study Torah. And we're also studying Torah right now. Why are we studying Torah right now? Uh, b- because there is, there is um, the davening is transformed through the study of Torah. So each of, so there's a symbiotic relationship between davening and Torah. There is, just like studying Torah after davening is impacted by the davening, so to study Torah before davening transforms the davening. And therefore, uh, there, there's an advantage in studying Torah um, this after you davening, because your davening enhances your Torah. And there's an advantage in davening after you study Torah. Did I just say that? Advantage, I said it right. Okay, so the advantage of, studying, of davening after you study Torah, because your davening enhances your Torah stuff. So, uh, your study enhances your davening. And your diamond hands you towards it. So thank you very much. <laughs> so, I mean, there, there are many different um, levels in service of Hashem, right? But the fact that a Jew studies Torah, it's like he's eating. He's like he's giving his soul nutrients. It's like you're feeding yourself something. Rebbe uses the words revealing Hashem in your soul. Those are that, in Tanya. It says. The Torah is called the bread of your soul. When you study Torah, you bring the light of Hashem into your neshama. A lot of people like who don't have time to study Torah every day, or I should say, don't make time to study Torah every day, because it says in the Talmud, every Jew has an obligation to study Torah every day. 
and they, they wonder a lot of times like why they feel so empty, where does it come from? And, and uh, more often than not, it has to do with not studying Torah, because when you study Torah, it, as we're learning here, it, it, it gives energy to everything you're doing. First of all, there's a light of Hashem in your neshama, and besides that, in the higher levels of serving Hashem, where, the, where you're, like, when you're studying Torah in a way that it brings light to your neshama, you're feeling the light of Hashem, um, even if you're not in such a high level, you're just studying in Torah and trying to understand what the Torah is saying. You're bringing Ganges into your soul, and this and this enhances your davening, that enhances your Torah study, and that enhances everything else. It's a, it's a domino effect. Um, so that's why the Torah um, calls this a the, the service of Hashem in prayer, a voluntary thing, and not something which is, which is obligatory, because there is a another way of transforming your animal soul. So it's clear, Stam, a, what comes out of here is, it's clear that there's no, there's no option of not transforming your animal soul. Like, transforming your animal soul is, is a part of the reason Hashem sent your soul to the world. So if you're in this world and Hashem didn't put you in Gan Eden with the snake being outside your body, but the snake is inside, so the reason why you're married to your animal soul is because Hashem wants you to change it. He wants, Hashem wants your persona, you as who you are, to achieve a love for Hashem as there. The question is, do you need to dive in specifically, or can you achieve this through studying Torah? The Bible says it depends. In step one of serving Hashem, davening is critical. But in a higher level of serving Hashem, it's possible to achieve the same thing by Torah study. I was listening last night to Shalom Kharatan explaining the way Rav um, Yol Khan uh, gave over to this. He said that in general, um, there's a marked difference between Torah study and davening, or even learning Hasidus, just like learning it now, or learning Hasidus while you're davening, before you daven, meditating about it. Before you daven, you're learning Torah now, which is like, you know, it's your moves, there's an emphasis on the intellect. However, when you get to davening, there's an emphasis on the godliness of the subject. It's not, it's not, it's not, Hasidus is about the truth of Hashem, the truth, the truth of Hashem in a way you can understand it. That's what chassidus is about. But but when you're studying it, it's more it's more you feel the intellect of it. Before you dive and you meditate about it again and you sing sing to yourself and you meditate about it, you're supposed to get to to to, to think not so much about the the, the um, external trappings of it. What you're trying to get to is is the godliness. So Rabbi Shalom was saying about Rabbi El Shalom, Rabbi El Khan, even when he gave over the intellect of it, you always felt the inner meaning of it. You felt like it, was, it, was, it had davening in it. Even what he was talking about, the most intellect, it was a, it was a person with, with a formidable intellectual prowess, but when he gave over the idea of chassidus, you felt the godliness in it. It, was, it, wasn't, it wasn't just an uh, intellectual thing. So, it was always davening. It was always davening, right. You didn't see him davening for right. hours and hours. It was always davening. It was always davening, right. You didn't see, that's right. Okay. Um, so, so that's why it's not so critical for, for to, to dive it all the time. It could be a person is achieving that through Torah study. Don't try this at home, folks. Uh, <laughs> meaning, we all have to dive in. It says in Tanya, sure? it says in that, not, not just to dive in the shop, but to dive in Aves It says in Tanya that there was a time when Torah study was equal to all mitzvahs put together, as we say in our morning blessings every day. However, the Alter Rebbe says, and based on that result, that, that davening is more important to, for our souls than Torah study. So, so this for Rav Shemba Yochai and other tzaddikim. Where is that? It's a guess. Okay, if you if you text me, I'll send you the marmak. So uh, there is clearly a need to for us to daven as well, and in order to transform our animal soul, we can't ignore it. 
our, our animal soul. Like other, as I shared this story with Emarash, that, that someone told Emarash, you dive in quickly, you don't have as much negative thoughts in your prayers, you don't have as much extraneous thoughts, why don't you just dive in quickly, you don't have something in Bakshavazaris. And he gave the Emarash an analogy, imagine a thief is trying to climb a wagon, go, the wagon should go as fast as possible, the thief shouldn't go on the wagon. So the Emarash responded, that's if the thief is not on the wagon yet. If the thief has already gone on the wagon, you have to slow down to get it off. And so too, if, 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 it's a, if Hashem put the animal soul inside us, we have to, we have to slow down and, and focus on our diving. Also, this whole idea of, of Torah being light, receiving light of Hashem, there are many conditions in order to, to receive the light of Hashem in the Torah. That's why we pray every day, let us, our eyes see the light in your Torah. However, I um, shouldn't make it sound impossible because... As I said before, a Jew studies Torah, it's a different thing. The davening is different, it's a domino effect. Even without any preparations, without any levels, it's a big thing. It's, it's food for your soul. Okay, let's go to the last chap- section that I'm going to follow. It's in a page test. We can connect the, uh, all the above. Um, these two ways of serving, serving Hashem in prayer and Torah with the essence, with the unique way of serving God in the month of El, especially according to what is known, based upon the Maimarim. In Kutetera, already in Parshas Re'eh, which Parshas Re'eh is the Shabbos that blesses the month of Elul, or the first day of the month of Elul, already in Parshas Re'eh, the altar was speaking about the, 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 the ideas, the elements of serving God in the month of Elul. How much more so in Parshas which is already after many days of Elul have passed already, certainly it's, it's appropriate to uh, discuss the idea of the month of Elul. I just want to mention today is the 10th day of the month of Elul. And it says that Daniel Dei Dei Li, those four words have a letter Yud at the end of each of them, and they're, they're, they correspond to 40 days, because Yud equals 10. And they were at the end of the 10th day of the month of El, we're, end, we're ending the first Yud of the last four letters of Daniel Dei 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 Li, and uh, it's, a, it's a significant milestone to uh, focus about uh, where we are, we're up to. Okay, moving along. So it says in the Torah, I am to my beloved, and my beloved is to me. The Jewish people are drawn with closeness to God, and God is drawn with closeness to the Jewish people. That's the acronym for the month of Elul. Then the, the verse says, What's the meaning of who pastures among the roses? One meaning is that the rose has 13 leaves, which corresponds to the 13 attributes of mercy. There are 13 words in the 13 attributes of mercy, and, and, and just like a rose has 13 petals, so to the 13 attributes of mercy. I mean, that means that the, at the end of the verse is talking about the month of Elul, the time of, of divine mercy. That's what the verse is saying. I am to my beloved, and my beloved is to me. That's the month of Elul. The month of Elul is about the 13 attributes of mercy, which, which is connected to prayer. When you pray to Hashem, you're asking Hashem mercy. But there's another explanation of the month of Elul, of, that, of, the, of, of pasturing among the roses. The word roses in Hebrew is related to the word Torah study. Sheishana, which means rose, also means study. We could also add another point that regarding the revelation of Hashem, of the 13 attributes of mercy, which is the first explanation of the roses, the rose referring to the 13 petals of God's mercy, there's a huge difference between the revelation of God's mercy in the month of Elul to the revelation of God's mercy on Yom Kippur. One of the differences is that the revelation of God's mercy in Yom Kippur is in a way mainly of my beloved coming to me, of God being drawn with closest to us from above to below. After our effort to come close to Hashem in the month of El, where we're, we are saying, I am coming to my beloved, that's, then Hashem responds to us in Yom Kippur and He shows us His love for us. However, the revelation of the 13 attributes of mercy in the month of El 
the Hashem's revelation, Hashem's the beloved coming to me now. Why is he coming to me now? Because he wants me to arouse in me that I should say, I am my beloved from below to, to uh, below to above. That means there is an arousal from above. Hashem is revealing himself to us to inspire our reciprocal service of him. That we should say, I am coming to my beloved. So this is similar to the idea of Torah, like bread from heaven, that there is a revelation from Hashem to inspire to, to inspire service of Hashem. Like we said before, that when you study Torah before you daven, it inspires your davening. So too, in the month of El, there's a revelation of Hashem. Why is a revelation? Because Hashem wants us to ascend to serve Hashem. Hashem wants us on our own to ascend to Him. So it's supposed to be on our own, but Hashem assists us by giving us a revelation of the attributes of mercy. On Yom Kippur, the revelation of Hashem's love for us is just a gift, a, commis- a commissure to, to our efforts in the month of El. But in El, there's a revelation of Hashem that Hashem makes the first move in in order to inspire our steps towards Hashem. So that we should say, Anilo Dedi, so that I should say, I am going to my beloved. Kind of the, like the way Torah study inspires your prayers. Torah study is bread from heaven's revelation from Hashem. And Torah study reveals godliness in your soul in a way that causes you to be inspired to daven. So to a revelation that Hashem in the month of El was meant to, to bring us up from below to above. That we should, we should ascend to Hashem on our own. So it comes out that the revelation of the 13 attributes of mercy in the month of El, uh, which is connected to prayer in general, it also has an element of Torah study as well. And therefore, just like we said before, that when you study Torah before you pray, your prayer is on a higher level, so too the revelation of Hashem in the uh, month of Elul is, is meant to inspire our personal work with our Yetzirah, with our animal soul, and to cultivate our relationship with Hashem in a way that's coming from below, that's coming from our persona, and in a way that, 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 that's, that's, that's relevant to who we are as, as people. And that's the advantage of the month of Elul, that surpasses the service of Hashem the entire year. The advantage of the month of El is not only in prayer, which is the first explanation of pasturing among the roses. The roses, again, means the 13 petals of 13 attributes of mercy, but also there's another meaning of roses, and that is to study Torah. And therefore, we have to add, especially in the month of El, the study of Torah, which the service of studying Torah is, as we said before, is the idea of tranquility and peace. That means that without directly fighting with the animal soul, just by studying Torah, there's a special emphasis in the month of El of of the power of this kind of service of Hashem, just just by studying Torah, it already affects your animal soul, especially by studying the inner dimensions of Torah, the secrets of Torah, and the secrets of the secrets of Torah, deepest secrets of the Torah, and that concerning this part of the Torah, it says, there are no questions, there are no arguments. That means that not only does the Torah affect us that we don't have to deal with the animal soul, and the, and the animal soul is annihilated by itself and transformed by itself, but more, the Torah study itself is in a way where, 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 where there's a feeling of there's no arguments. You, you're studying a part of Torah where there isn't an element of argument and division. It's, this also includes spreading the wellsprings to the outside in a, in a peaceful way, and through this we accomplish that there should be the perfection and the 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 there should be there should be a true and perfect expression of the verse God redeem my soul in peace in the true that in that then will be fulfilled the prophecy that the world be full of knowledge of Hashem like water covers the ocean bed just like water covers the ocean bed so the Mashiach will come the knowledge of Hashem will fill the whole world so we 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 will reach that especially by studying the inner dimension of Torah and spreading the inner dimension of Torah which causes 
peace in the whole world and brings the time of absolute and everlasting peace to come Mashiach. Okay. Okay. Have a great day. Great day, David. Great day, Reserve. Great day, Viva. Um.